This is the Final Whistle podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC and this is the preview podcast Wrexham heading to one of the big fixtures of the season already away to Chesterfield. Now, this is a fascinating game, of course. Wrexham the favourites to win the title. Chesterfield clearly contenders. They've had a roughish sort of start to the season, of course, drawing at Dorking in the first match, a 1-0 win against Aldershot last Saturday. I think it's going to be very interesting, I've got to say. Wrexham will have to come back, as Chesterfield did, from playing on a hot Saturday in weather. They'll either side will want to rotate, could be key. If we look at how Chesterfield lined up against Aldershot, they played a sort of, well, 4-4-2, or I would say more of a 4-2-2-2. Back four, double pivot, and then two wide players, at least one of which wanted to tuck in. That's Mandeville on the right. They're interesting down the right-hand side. They've got Jeff King, who's a really good progressive right-sided defender. And he'll push up and he'll create chances. He will be an attacking threat, likes to get forwards into really high positions and get crosses into the box. That allows Mandeville to tuck in one, because I I, I always think Mandeville... Well, I consistently feel he's one of the more skillful players in our division, and I've seen him cause us all sorts of problems. But I think he tends to fade in and out of games quite a lot, and that's why he's at our level rather than higher up. But he can tuck inside like that and cause issues. He scored the winning goal on Saturday. He's a quality player, and of course doing that will ask questions of Wrexham. On the left-hand side, Dobra is more of a a wide player. He sticks out wide more. The centre-mids, Ollie Banks, is an excellent signing. They brought him back from Barrow. He had a strange time at Barrow where basically he became their captain. He was their star man. He was top scorer from last year in League Two. But there were issues near the end of the season and the fans fell out of love with him. He was on 14 yellows and on the edge of a suspension, whether that was what made him ease off. But certainly, uh, the Barrow fans felt that he wasn't giving his all at the end of the season, which I rather doubt. But he's gone to Chesterfield. He's a really good all-round midfielder. He can play at the back. He can play higher up. He's tall, physically dominant, uses the ball well, comes forward. He's a good passer of the ball. Again, a very good all-round player. So they've got quality in their side. If they played a 4 2 it could be quite interesting because, well, Aldershot played roughly the same shape as we do. There were lots of spaces around the pitch, if you think about it. I mean, if we play the sort of shape we did at Yeovil with Elliot Lee tucking in behind the strikers, what do they do to counteract that? Because our two strikers are pinning their centre-backs. Does that mean their full-backs aren't looking to come forwards as much, King in particular, that would be useful for us. And then who picks up Lee? Does he does he occupy the double pivot? Does that give them a problem getting bodies forwards when they're moving the ball up the pitch? Possibly. To flip that around the other way, though, on the flanks, we could get out manoeuvred. We're going to need our wide midfielders to get out there quickly to cover, which is possibly a reason why playing the formation with Lee off the strikers is a gamble because we wouldn't really have those wide midfielders. We'd be asking one of our double pivot to come across and cover it. It's going to be interesting, and certainly both sides stretch themselves around a lot. I've got to say, regardless of the fact it's a high-stakes game and the atmosphere is going to be absolutely crackling, expect a fast start. 
because that's exactly what happened in that older shot game. I think that the combination of those two shapes creates all sorts of questions that have to be fixed on the pitch as the game goes along. It creates space for both sides in different parts of the pitch. Um, older shot contributed because actually they had some quite sharp and innovative movements. But yeah, I'd be really interested to see. I think it'll be a fast, fast start as both teams find opportunities to get at the other and they also have to try and solve the problems they've got when those the, the opposition comes at them. So yeah, I think this is going to be interesting. The other, of course, big interesting question, of course, is that Kabongo Shimanga came off the bench for his first game since breaking his leg and that's going to be interesting how many minutes has he got in him I mean it was a serious injury and he's feeling his way back but of course the moment Chesterfield have got Chimanga they're going to feel like a different play team aren't they so it'll be interesting to see what will happen What play who played up front for, was for, in the game on Saturday it was interesting for Exxon fans by the way Joe Quigley who is a, you know, a good solid target man at this level Decent scoring record, very good scoring record against Wrexham. He, of course, also played for Wrexham and scored that hilarious goal for us against Tranmere, where Connor Jennings went <laughs> wide on the pitch and then stopped to tie his laces. Tranmere seemed to forget he was there, and he deliberately pretended to tie his laces a bit longer than he needed to and was completely unmarked, suddenly sprang up, got the ball, crossed it in and quickly scored. Um, but he's got a very good record against us. He's travelled around a lot of teams at our level and he consistently causes his problems. And alongside him, somebody who certainly has caused his problems, Michael Gaiassi, who scored that hat-trick, of course, for Dover at the race course last season. I was slightly surprised to see Chesterfield go for him. I mean, the fact is that he was on loan from Kings Lynn, so he couldn't force himself in the Kings Lynn's team. And apart from those three goals, he only scored two last season. But, obviously, in that game, he showed an immense amount of promise and class and they've gambled on him. He's certainly put in a very, very good shift on Saturday. It'd be interesting to see if he retains his place tonight. The temptation of playing horses for courses and having two strikers who consistently score against Wrexham up front might be too much for Paul Cook to resist. At the back, they've got a couple of good physical centre-backs, Williams and Grimes. Um, and at the battle, I think, particularly between Williams and Palmer, is going to be very interesting. But uh, by the same token... I think the movement of Mullen, especially if it's paired with Elliot Lee, could force their midfield to drop a bit too deep and cause them issues then and make them disjointed if they manage to get forwards on the flanks. It's going to be fascinating. It's going to be absolutely fascinating. Remember, live commentary will be on Wrexham Player. And so that's free on Wrexham's website. And then after the match, there'll be the Hot Take podcast. And then probably tomorrow morning, the full-length analysis podcast, the final whistle. Uh, so there's plenty to look forward to in a fascinating, fascinating match. The highlights will be available from 10 o'clock, 10 p.m., that is, on Wednesday. Oh, um, UK time. Oh, I love that we have to say that now. So if you're going or if you're listening, enjoy the game. I'm Mark Griffiths from Exxon AFC. This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Rexham AFC media team.